We talked about this. All right, so um, I just so just so that hopefully you guys can hear this clearly. But I, Steve and I was having our morning debrief, and I was prompted of the Lord to make sure to record what we're saying for you. Um, so uh, basically, we've already went through it, covered some ground. What I'm gonna do is uh, I'm gonna recover this ground. <laughs> So, um, uh, one thing that I thought yesterday was that we, um, we were going to be into the war scroll yesterday, but, you know, it didn't work out. So, it, so we're in Acts 2M, uh, 78, and, um, yeah, and when we got into worship, uh, I got home last night, um, and I realized that that there was these passages that the world was highlighting yesterday, and I just want to go through some of those, and then uh, Stephen and I can talk again like we're normal people. Because right now I don't feel normal. <laughs> it's awkward. But anyways, uh, so we had to make Manises over last night, and we were, uh, we watched Beauty and the Beast, the newer film that came out. And uh, while I was watching it, I was just like impressed into these verses I wanted to like just lay out some of these verses well uh, that was happening yesterday so like we were in worship yesterday as realizing that whatever the vacancy is that we may experience in worship that we can we can back off mm -hmm. right yeah and you know we don't have to be like uh, we don't have to try to make something happen. Um, like, and so, um, anyways, we don't have to take ground on our own. Yeah. 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 Like, Stephen, you're not just playing. Like, a lot of times we, instead of like, when you feel vacancy, you know, Moses says, you know, I'm going to run into the darkness where God is. Because <laughs> uh, mm. instead of like, I'm going to shrink back, mm. but I'm going to run into it doesn't mean though uh, that we're going to like play louder or, yeah, you know, like work harder, yeah, pray harder, you know, like try to strum your way through it. <laughs> Uh, put more energy into it. Yeah. What What's happening is we're looking up uh, at him, mm -hmm. and uh, that's a posture that mm -hmm. we had to shift into yesterday. Yeah. Was like looking at the Lord, getting our eyes off of whatever we're experiencing. Well, in that when that was happening, I was 
was uh, the reason why this is kind of awkward at first because Stephen and I have already had this whole conversation. <laughs> so I'm like, now I'm talking to y'all, and I'm looking at Stephen as like the weirdest thing. It's like we've already covered this ground. Let's get on with the point. But anyways, so we're like in the worship, and it's Job seven twenty one. Job 7 comes up, the words like, read it, and I went through this with y'all yesterday, but I want to just highlight Job 721 b All right, we're moving outside. All right, so then we get into uh, Job 7, 21, 21 here, B, for now I'll lie down in the dust, and you will seek me diligently at dawn, but I will be gone. Hmm. And what Job is basically saying is, You've targeted me with so much pressure and things I'm going through that basically, is it not going to work? No, I think it's working. It but feels good out here. Yeah, it feels um, better. He was saying that you seek me diligently at dawn that I will be gone because he's going to, he's thinking he's going to die. <laughs> you know, he's not going to make it. So, But in, in the NET, when you look this word up diligently, it says at dawn. And so... So look at the words here like dust and at dawn. Well then, this was in reference to Psalms 110.3, in holy splendor out of the womb, towards the dawn, go forth, like dew I have begotten you. Hmm. What do you think about that? Actually, I was thinking about the, the dust, because isn't the Job when he says, from dust I've come, and dust I'll go back. I will return? Yeah. I don't just think about it. He talks about, and I will lay in the dust. I don't just think about that, that, that feeling of death, that feeling of, this is it. I'm, I'm done, that vacancy. I don't know. I don't, something was connecting, but I can't put my hand on it right yet. Sorry, go ahead. No, Psalm 110. Well, just, um, there's this journal article uh, I was reading. I found by, well, what I found yesterday was um, this journal article by William Brown, and it's called uh, A Royal Performance Critical Notes on Psalms 110.3. Uh, and A Royal and, Performance? Yeah. Critical Notes. And anyways, I have it in the, I have this, you know, in the Evernote. Yeah. But, um, but it, there's a link on there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if y'all want this link, I'll send it to you. You know, I'll, I'll put it on um, a Facebook Messenger for everybody so y'all can um, look at it. It'll be called X2M78 Shakar. So, so, but in, in that, uh, passage on um, uh, Psalms 110 yeah read that again uh, Holy Splendor yeah and Holy Splendor out of the womb and I get this kind of imagery of the man child being born mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Revelation I don't, 12 isn't that what you're thinking mm-hmm. I mean that's what I'm thinking oh yeah absolutely X2M 74 happens we're not like, to mention the whole begetting thing right I've right. begotten you like the birthing of the man-child, closing of the fifth dimension. It's amazing. It all just ties together. Of course, I know. Of course it does. It's like has a very, 
logical perspective. I mean, oh, oh, God does make sense. He does. It, <laughs> to me, that's probably the most incredible thing. Oh, and the most, uh, not satisfying, the most, uh, like, oh. I think when you start out, this whole idea of by faith and you're having to take these steps that don't make any sense, but then finding out later that they make more sense than any other step you could have taken. Mm. It's like, oh. I mean, first of all, it just gives you more, more umph to take the steps later that seem even crazier because you're like, he always works thing out and they always end up being more logical and make more sense and bring more joy and fruit than all the other steps that seem right at the moment. Yeah, because you know you think, you know you think this idea of master builder. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can build something without. I can build something with, out the instructions. Yeah. Okay, because a regular builder would not be able to do that. No, they need the instructions. They, they need, need the plans. instructions. They need the plans. But think about you know, you become a master builder, and then you don't need the instructions. But think about something beyond that, like slate, like Emmett. <laughs> <laughs> We're, uh, there's a reference to Lego Movie One. It's it's probably the best leadership. I was gonna say, that's probably one of the most prophetic movies out there right now. <laughs> exactly. That's how I got Stephen to be a worship leader. Uh, You're in it. You're All in right, it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Thirty-seven dollars for a cup of coffee. That's awesome. That makes sense. <laughs> Eighty-seven shots. <laughs> but the idea is is like, okay, so let's say that. You decide to lay down your own idea and you're going to not do your own mm-hmm. thing. And let's say that you get, let's say that, yeah, because you've said, well, I've built my own thing, but now I'm going to move to this other level and I, I don't need the instructions, but I'm going to go to another place. Mm-hmm. We're going to go blank slate, meaning that we'll wait with no mind and, and not even any emotion until the Lord shows up mm-hmm. and reveals himself to us. And then we'll search that out diligently. And that that has a logical pattern to it. Yep. Right? That's the, and I think <laughs> that's the problem, I think, with so much. I feel like we've been trying to get a logical pattern to get to this place. Yeah. Instead of getting to this place by no logical pattern and finding out that there was a logical pattern there the whole time. Right. And it, and it was. It's the whole thing of, you know, ultimate intention. Yeah. It's your center point. Actually, that reminds me, and that ultimate, I just read a story this morning in there, kind of fits for this, and he's talking about his son. Um, it was in chapter four when he, he tells the story about his, his goal was to take his son into town with him to run errands. So his son was out back playing in the garden, so he says he opens the door to call out to him to tell him, come on, it's time to go, you know, run errands. But he said he looks out, and when he looks out, he notices that, you know, his son is pretty much buried in a mud puddle. So he's just completely dirty. So all of a sudden now, in order to fulfill his will for his son, he has to take him inside and clean him up. Huh. Oh. So he takes him inside and he cleans him up and he gets everything on. And then his son gets picks up one of these toys, this new toy that he got. And so he's playing with this toy and he's playing with this toy. And the whole time the dad's trying to get him, come on, we're gonna go to town. And the son's like, dad, can I just stay home and play with this toy? And he says, he immediately realized how easy it was for man to become encapsulated with the grace and the um, and the blessings of God that they stop 
going towards the ultimate intention. For me, when I read it, it was exactly what we're talking about. Is that that this all makes logical sense because in our selfish, man-centered beginnings, His grace is the reason why He came, and His blessings is what He does for us because He loves us so much. So that must be His ultimate intention. That must be His purpose. But that's only the man-centered because we get so trapped in this, like, oh, I was dirty and He cleaned me. Oh, He gave me these blessings. No, I don't want to go with you. I want to stay here and enjoy the cleanliness and the blessings. And God's saying, I gave that for you, but it was only um, not a not a secondary thing, but it was only a means to get you to walk through the door into my ultimate intention, into blank slate and beyond. Not even blank slate is the end. It's just a mechanism. It's just a mechanism. It's yeah. always these mechanisms that are constantly getting us to the Father, period. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, when I've been talking about fifth dimensional reality, and he was, uh, you know, like, what are you talking about, Carol? It really is, fifth dimension is 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 the blank slate. Mm-hmm. I guess it would be like, it's collapsing the blank slate mm-hmm. as a mechanism for perceiving the Father uh, and integrating with the Father. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. His will that stands uh, stands outside of uh, what we may previously know. Yeah. Or what could be known. Yeah, or even what we think he wants us to do. Yeah, because I think uh, what happened with even even I even yesterday, like I'm, I'm putting this on the altar. I don't know if yesterday I can't force X2M78 to be War Scroll mm-hmm. uh, when the prophetic information that's coming out in the meeting yesterday is. Now I'm going to find out is Shakar. Yeah. I, if I force that prophetic, even though no matter how amazing you know that prophetic information is, if I force that onto the, if I impose it. Oh, you missed both of them. Yeah, you missed both of them. And and I, so that so that's a thing too. We may have a perception of what like God's saying to us, mm-hmm. but it's it, it may be even out of time. So it's not. I mean, that's the important component of Issachar because he knows the times and the seasons. And so even if, that's why I was saying to your dad yesterday, you know, even if, even if, uh, because you know the times and the season, there has to be a a location into time with the information that Mm. the Lord is bringing to us. So I can't superimpose War Scroll on to our meeting yesterday when the Lord's trying to say something else. Yeah. You know, uh, that's that's instructive. And, and, and what ends up happening in this is, it, as we previously already said, though, that the Lord is using this language of sh- shakar, which mm-hmm. means dawn. Is that in Psalm, in, in the Psalm 110? Yeah. Like, um, uh, Towards the dawn, oh, towards the dawn. Is that dawn, Shakar? Um, let's look it up because I I don't know. I want to make sure. Oh, that says upon the day. It's above daylight. Yeah. Oh, well, there goes in the morning. So it has, yeah, Shahar. It has it, and it's just putting a mem on it right yeah. here. 
of the morning or the dawn. It's, it's Mishar uh, in the uh, Hebrew, or the light before the dawn or the dawn. You know, they were saying in this article that that this light is one of the, the dawn. What's open? Oh, the light before. Remember, God creates oh. light. Then later, He creates the sun. Ah. Oh. The light before the dawn. Oh, come on. All right. But anyways, yeah. So it's Mishar, but. Um, which is a part of Shakar? Shakar, yeah. Yeah. So the light before the dawn. So, so it so it says here. So to just like capture this again, what what we're looking at here is Job seven, you know, saying if I if I get down into this like place where I'm pressed out, my dust is going to give up the ghost, hmm. and the Lord's like no, you know, because that's our entry point. Mm -hmm. hmm. That that's the entry point. That's what I was getting yesterday. No, that's your entry point into the dawn. Yeah. And then, so when you say, uh, he says, this is the place I beget. Uh, that's the place mm -hmm. I beget you. So he takes the dust, like, and you know, is putting, like, do I have begotten you? I begot you out of the place of of what appeared to be death, right? Yeah, you know, we you know like we we're saying earlier, we don't want to just. Job is like the first book that's actually written, but it's not chronologically in yeah. the sixty-six books, and in Psalms one ten. But now it's like look at Daniel twelve, two uh, a, which uh, Kelly Manning actually brought this up uh, yesterday. Uh, Many of those who sleep in the dusty ground. So you see this word dust again. Mm ground you see the same kind of idea that job's talking about mm -hmm. job thinks he's going to die um will awake uh some to everlasting life so and you you said earlier that was the glorification of man yeah yeah out of the dust i've created you so olam which means that the eternal realm uh some and it says some will go into everlasting torment or something in 12 to B you can read that Daniel 12 but I, I'm not really interested in that right now <laughs> you know I'm like that's not us so you know but also the Lord's lighting the light the dawn yeah so we'll stay there so in this in this out of the dusty ground will come an awakening hmm. so Job's like I'm gonna die and, and you know Kara pointed this out yesterday. He's going to end up getting a double blessing. Mm -hmm. It's not, he's going to get the double. But he's thinking, I'm going to be terminated because mm -hmm. I became your target. I've been pressed back into complete vacancy. Yeah, he's talking about laying down in the dust. I mean, he's literally. I mean, he was actually. I'm laying he had down. It over I'm, his head. I'm, he had put yeah, himself in sackcloth and ashes. He's like on the point of death. Yeah. That's it. Which is funny because he's also the one that says, though you slay me. I will trust you. Yeah. Which is what Austin says yesterday during yeah. worship. Yeah, he does. That's right. So now you see actually in Daniel 12 that if you're seeing dust in the ground will awaken. And then you're seeing in Job 7, Job doesn't die. He mm -hmm. thinks he's going to die, but he mm -hmm. doesn't. So he's backed into a corner. Mm -hmm. And then you're seeing in Psalms 110 that God's saying this is how I beget. I beget by this methodology of dawn. I, the me methodology of complete exposure, vacancy. That's how God builds. 
<laughs> it's just like, you know, oh man, thank you. I mean, uh, we've been backed into a corner big time. Uh, there we are in 75 Hidden Bluff, right? Yeah. There the we manger. Were. Yeah, the manger. And the Lord's like, oh no, X2M74, the man child's born mm. out of a manger. Mm. Jesus is born in Bethlehem in a manger everybody you think would be there to celebrate they don't even know what's going on that yeah the king of glory just became a man yeah you know life itself yeah true life mm -hmm. and hardly anybody knows about it man some kings do you know some shepherds yeah joseph and mary herod knows he's wanting to kill him you know so why would we, th you know, I mean, why would we think it would be any different, any different. with what he's going to do for it? Well, especially if we want, um, if we want to be begotten. Right. Or if we are willing to, how, however you say that, instead of stopping at this point, like, oh, your grace and your... Your grace and your blessing. If you want to stop there, then none of this makes sense because this is this is what happens to people who are sinning or who have done something against the Lord. Whereas the Lord's like, no, this is how I beget my children. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and begotten language goes even beyond adoption. Mm -hmm. uh, anyways, that's a that's a complex talk too, and I'm not going to go into that right now, but. Um, well then when you get over into so now we're, you know it's like and I'm, I'm sure there's more than this but this is just so we're, we're highlighting Joe we're highlighting the Psalms mm -hmm. we're highlighting Daniel, Daniel and now you highlight Second Peter and so we're getting a full view I mean more of a I mean yeah, pretty you're much highlighting Genesis 1 2 yeah. 1 and 2 so we're getting a, a nice we're getting Torah mm -hmm. literature so you're getting a good broad perspective here that's across the canon and you'll get it even in the revelation you'll yeah. see all this really if i worked on this hard enough i bet you i can find it everywhere oh yeah it's going to be right there mm -hmm. in our face the whole time throughout the text but that's not our uh duty today but you do well if you pay attention to this now y'all heard me yesterday say this and i didn't want to insult mm. anyone you know hey pay attention don't stick your head in the sand yeah you know but Kara's like, Carol, are you saying that as like a defense for yourself? And I'm like, you would say that, you know, I'm not, I wasn't saying it as a defense for myself. I say it cause I love, you know, but she said, well, you have to be careful about that, you know, <laughs> yesterday. Well, no, there's I was like, did you hear anything that was going on? <laughs> Proverbs three, five and six, lean not on your understanding in all your ways, acknowledge hmm. him. And he shall direct your path. Yeah. Acknowledge him in all your ways. Acknowledge him. Point him out. There he is. There he is. Yeah. There he is. There he is. Uh, That's yeah. the difference in head in the sand. Head in the sand is he's nowhere. He's left me. Yeah. I'm alone. Yeah. I feel the vacancy. So I'm going to, I'm either going to get mad and do more toil and through anxiety and anger. Or I'm going or, to try harder. I'm going to try harder. Or I'm going to go stick my head in the sand mm -hmm. and fly away. In a sense, I, I'm just not going to uh, 
concern myself with this because mm-hmm. it's just too much. Yeah. I'm just going to throw it off. Yeah. And so that's what uh, Peter's actually saying, not just Carol. <laughs> <laughs> right. She's, hey, you do well if you pay attention to this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we're not telling we're not telling you guys to do well and pay attention. We're, we're admonishing each other yeah you would do well to pay attention okay oh lord i'm sorry i'm in pay attention yeah i need to acknowledge i need to acknowledge where are you yeah so i'm just speaking to myself <laughs> uh you would do well uh carol uh if you would so listen to what he says pay attention to this as you would a light shining in a murky place you would do well to pay attention as you would to a light shining in a murky place. Hmm. So you think of murky place as dust, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, And then, right, and then think of a light shining in the dust. He's, Peter's saying, you should pay attention to this as you would uh, a light shining in a murky place. Huh. I wonder if that would have connection to Moses in the burning bush. Mm. Not the burning bush was murky, but there's all these bushes that are burning. Right. There's the minutia, the, the, well, this is pretty much how it always is. It's murky. All of a sudden the light comes through. I'm going to turn aside and go look at that. Yeah, because something's different about it. Something this. is different. And, you know, probably because Moses, again, like I mentioned yesterday, but he's he's went through a lot of suffering. 40 years or uh, back just to get, just think of, you know, just to get him to begin to open his eyes to the realm of the spirit because the proclivity, like you're telling the story mm-hmm. of us mm-hmm. and the little boy, he starts to like look at the things of grace and he the toy he starts to go play with that and the lord's like stop you know i'm trying to like you you've got caught up into a program or an idea or this thought and you're just stuck there and i i I think that that's what the lord's trying to say through this to all of us is don't get stuck in some kind of like technique or yeah. idea or program, and and we all know something's wrong with that. But we got to have the uh, courage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the ways to not get stuck is blink slate. You have to, you know, no eyes seen, no ears heard. It hasn't entered into. It hasn't even. We haven't even thought of this. Yeah, and you have to accept that every time. Mm-hmm. You can't imagine that you've conceived anything yet. Yeah. Um. So he said, until the day dawns. So back to Second Peter, right? So it, even there it is. The again though, the light. Um, pay attention to the light in a murky place until the day dawns. Like you have this light before the dawn. Right. Right, like as unto a light. Yeah. Or some kind of illumination. Um, uh, hmm. Like in Moses' case, there's an illumination within the bush, mm-hmm. but the bush itself is not God. 
Yeah. It's right? Yeah. We, we wouldn't say God is the bush. No. And then there's this until, uh, even in, in the structure of that illumination uh, that's coming down through the bush, something begins to dawn on your consciousness. I was scared to say, just dawned on me. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, really, it's the... <gasps> and then the morning star rises. Oh, son, what is that? <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, that's... The word's called the morning star. Uh, Lucifer was called the morning star, just if y'all hear that objection. Huh. Because he, I mean, he was, he had something of this, and then iniquity was found in his heart. But, uh, and he, you know, he falls, uh, even within this reality, which is so dangerous. Yeah. Uh, I think that's why the Lord has to... uh, yeah, I've like wondered, you know, why, why the, uh, why the pressure sometimes. But I, I think the human proclivity uh, to, you know, how you've been saying Psalms one twenty one verse two. Oh yeah. What is that? The Lord is our keeper. Oh no no no, that's um, verse two is. But creator wait. of heaven and earth. The um, yeah, the Lord is, the Lord will keep me from all evil. The Lord will keep. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, you know, when you brought that up about the Lord will keep you. Because I, I think that yeah. if it wasn't for the keeping of God in this... Oh, yeah. It, you go off the rails miserably. just like Lucifer. Just like Lucifer. Yeah. So, I mean, and Lucifer was in the midst of this. Yeah. Un, unveiled. Yeah. And went off the rails. Yeah, I mean, so, so much so that whatever the Lord decides for us, especially at this, you know, what we're walking in now... Mm-hmm. You would want him to keep you. Keep me. Yeah, please do. Please keep me. Yeah. Whatever it takes. Yeah. And no matter what adversity that he has will keep to be right there. Hand. The sun won't smite you. The moon neither. Yeah, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to go off the rails with the Lord now. Yeah. Uh, because he's he, he definitely in this investiture is demonstrating through the investiture. I'm going to deliver power. Yeah. What? You know, we don't want that power, uh, our own corruption from sin to corrupt God's work in us. So yeah. he would need to maintain our humility for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, like your dad said yesterday, you know, uh, like Bob Jones had said to him, if the if, if the balloon gets too big, the word knows what, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but we don't. But we can't keep our own humility is the point. Yeah. Because if you do that, you'll automatically either be arrogant or mm-hmm. or false humble, or false which humble. both of them are arrogant. Yeah. You know, because yeah. to pretend that you can maintain your own humility. Yeah. Uh, the moment you try to maintain your own humility, you're actually arrogant. Yeah. Because you're, you're thinking that, you know, that you can keep your own humility, and that's impossible. Yeah. Hmm. Um. So, but I mean, we don't have to like talk about that. But I mean, so much. But it, uh, the point is, is, is that why is God treating a righteous man, Job, like this? Moses, like this? Jesus, born in a Bethlehem manger without sin. David, Joseph. David, Joseph, uh, Deborah. You know, uh, all of his Gideon. I mean, Gideon. all of them. And uh, Gideon's going to blow it. David's going to blow it. Joseph. Uh, 
He does. He does okay. <laughs> I mean, he struggles down there in that darkness because he's just like, "Hey guys, go tell them about." Go my, tell them. I'm pretty amazed that I can interpret and all this stuff. He's like, uh, two more year prison sentence." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I would have said that. I mean, when he comes out, he's like, "But God, but God." <laughs> what has, about you? No, 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 no. no. Yeah. But God. Yeah, don't worry about me. I, I'm out of the picture here. I, uh, he loves me a lot, but I don't want to get in the middle of it. <laughs> um, so. But right. I, I, I just have going back to the master builder. You come to certain levels where you're like, okay, even though you've shown me all this stuff and you've given, you've laid it all logically, I'm still not going to take that logic and assume I know what's coming next. Exactly. And assume I know because what we're pioneering for and going for is the stone not hewn with human hands. The, the. The, the city whose architect and builder is God. Like all of these, all this imagery of this is not something we build. This is not, you know, Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. And Peter says, this is it. Yeah. This is the ultimate. So we need to build something here, a booth. And God's saying, no, this is my beloved son. Hear ye him. Hear ye him. Right. There. Don't That's, assume. Yeah. This is the end. Don't assume this is the divine purpose. Don't assume this is the ultimate intention. This is not. This yeah. is another door, gateway, mechanism, method to bring you into me. Yeah. Quit stopping and building booths. Right. Well, that that gets that's just the point of I couldn't take X two M seventy eight and overlay it with the War Scroll, even though I may be seeing out in advance because mm -hmm. you can't be presumptive like that with the Lord. And so what he's doing with us yesterday is shakar, mm. you know. And so now the investiture that the Lord has laid, laid out since X2M 74, which was man-child uh, birthing 75, was shouldering dominion through domicile. Then mm. 76 is uh, the great seal of Manasseh. And I'm like, which is typed out to the United States of America. So, you know, and I'm like... Or am I right on this and find out that the seal is 76 millimeters on the seal it says 1776. I'm seeing these numbers match. Um, so uh, so that morning I'm like, the Lord's like, just wear your blue and white uh, shirt. Uh, and then I come in and there's Brad Ames, Manasseh, mm -hmm. with a blue and white shirt on. I was like, well, it's the great seal of Manasseh yeah. today. And, and then we got in the seal uh literature and song song of songs and everything and so I, I knew that was the lord yeah and then the next week uh ends up being star rock which is i can't get into all that but it you know but it but the the meeting actually is last the week uh before yesterday was about ascension and that's yeah. what the star rock's about it's it's called star rock which means star overcomer king and then Columba resurgate, which means the dove rises. Hmm. And, you know, so the dove descends on Jesus, but the dove rises in this end time X2M hmm. move. And, uh, and that we're rising with yeah. him uh, to be, to ascend. And, but all, if, if you go back and you listen, you know, y'all listen to this or, which was X2M 77, You'll hear all the language of, yeah. of rising, and uh, I get a little bit into Psalms 110 and the chiastic pattern. Mm -hmm. Even but, the and, psalm, I think there was, let me start out with the psalm, the very beginning was in a song of ascent. It was, it? actually. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so the, see, the point here that's being made is, is I was wondering, oh, am I presumptive about Star Rock, Columbia, Resurgate, but I'd had an encounter with the Lord and it put it on there. What's interesting about X2M78 and what we're getting into today is the Lord sets Shakar into X2M78 and War Scroll maybe is going to come after him. Maybe yeah. it'll be next week, you know, uh, X2M79. But so why, why with the Lord? And I get into fifth dimensional uh, conversation here. But why would the Lord bring this in? Well, this is now we can pick up our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> now me and Steven are on the same, you know, we're talking now. <laughs> so to try to expand this uh, Shakar thing, uh, we didn't read this <laughs> on here, right? So Psalms. So Psalms 110 is one of the most difficult of the Psalms to interpret. Despite its many textual conundrums, the Psalm is widely recognized as a royal liturgy of some sort, at the very least a form of public utterance addressed to a royal figure. Indeed, many have considered it the libretto. Oh, a libretto, yeah. What is that again? Um, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure libretto is the narrative or the word of an opera. Okay. Not the music. In my remembrance of how it was, they wouldn't write they wouldn't write them together like like an artist would now write a song. They didn't do that before. The libretto was written first, usually. And then someone else would take it and put the whole thing to music to create it as an opera. So I guess our deal is a space opera. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the opera of the stars. It might be like it said we you know, I was talking about earlier, but you know, who am I to speculate on God? <laughs> but you know, one of these seven things, the seven part investiture might be a song or a, you know, a song. Mm, yeah. Um, that would be cool. Oh, that would be the Lord giving us the libretto. Yeah. And then that would singing be, it. Yeah. I mean, Tom Gross did bring up and so did Tom McManus. Uh, uh, well, the Song of the Lamb. Oh, yeah. And the Song of Moses. Yep. But there is that Song of the Lamb that Tom Gross brought up. Mm. And he mm. he was talking to me about a diminished... He said there's mm -hmm. a one, four, and seven, and he had to take a half step into the eighth. That <laughs> just that's gets into that, I mean, the chiastic pattern. Yeah. Um. But it, anyways, in this, it says a libretto, in our case, a space opera, of a royal coronation or investiture that possibly took place within the temple precinct. So here we are. We, we do uh, 62 weeks probation downtown, mm -hmm. right? Then we do seven weeks of a conferral. Then we get into the 70th week begins the confirmation. And then the Lord, you know, expands the 70th week out. And, of course, this is week 78 Yeah. Uh, in a confirmation. And then, of course, he says this will be a reverse coordination. So, uh, so this is interesting when we're looking at Psalms 110. And, I, I mean, I didn't know this, that it was a libretto of a royal coronation. Hmm. Or investiture. Or an investiture. And in this case, uh, like when when you look at, uh, because the words like, it's a reverse coronation, 
because it's going to go from private to public. Hmm. Because in a other coronation, an English monarchy, which is the closest right view of this, it goes from it, it is public and it gets more private towards the end. Hmm. Uh, because they don't want them to see the anointing. It has, because it's such a holy thing. Yeah. Um, this is going from private to public, whereas the British goes from public to private. And, but in the coronation, so, so again, probation, we do, YMI, we do weeks one through 62. That was 20th of September, 2020 to 28th of November, 2021. Then conferral begins 63 through 69. And, you know, for our listeners, this is in reference to Daniel 9 and a micro narrative, right? Yeah. Micro narrative of the soul. Yeah. And uh, in reversal. Uh, so there's a macro narrative of Daniel 9, but the Lord's showing that he's building a third temple, you know, inside. Mm-hmm. So, so week 63 and 69 are the conferral. And that was 29 November 2021 to 22nd of January 2022. And then we get into confirmation week 70. Uh, that was 23rd of January 2022 to 29 January 2022. And then, so hopefully this is kind of makes sense, but it's hard to understand it. But within the confirmation, the Lord shows me that we have reverse coronation. So to reverse the coronation, we start out with the closing procession, hmm. X to M70. Then X to M71 is enthronement. X to M72 is homage. X to M73 is the crowning one. X to M74, now we have the crowning two, which this is the birthing of the manchild. So in 73, the, the I believe the head crowns on hmm. the manchild. Yeah. But in 74, the manchild is born. And in a way, crowned. Yeah. And then X to M seventy five. Now we start this seven part investiture series. So, the shoulder dominion through domicile seventy six. The great seal of Manasseh, which I mentioned earlier, and and X to M seventy seven. Uh, investiture three. Star Rock, Columba, Resurgate, and then picking up X to M seventy eight today. Debriefing, um, investiture four. Shakar of two dawns. Now. Um, and and possibly the War Scrolls next week in, in uh, Investiture number five, but uh, we'll have to see about that. I'm not sure. Uh, uh, so that's just to kind of show that when I read this last night that it's a liberto of a royal coronation or investiture, I'm saying yes, that mm. this 110 is both within our confirmation reverse coronation but within the investiture section of the coronation you see it macro narrative micro narrative yeah but <laughs> even in another another depth or, yeah you know because you got these four major points which is probation conferral confirmation consummation which we that's the anointing with that you know we haven't got into that yeah, that's, yet that's coming that's coming right and then there's recognition and oath. So there's two more steps beyond anointing. Mm-hmm. And normally with the British, it would be oath, recognition, anointing, investiture. It would go crowning. It would go the other way. Go the other way. But in our case, it's rever- everything's divine reversal. Yeah. All right. So so when we're looking at uh, this, this last night, 
you know, it's saying. And this is from the. Um, this is from a okay that, that article that you found. Yeah, yeah. And this article, um, let me pull this up. This, this you're gonna love this <laughs> because it. I mean, I know there's a huge context, but I mean, to me, context makes the oh makes everything. Oh. I mean, you think here we are, week seventy-eight of Collider, and we have a context. Yeah. Right, and you know. Yeah, we have a micro and a macro. We have context. micro and and uh, deeper layers of micro narrative. Yeah, constantly. Right. So we got the we got the besides our own lives and all of our lives and then the big scope of things in the world now he's drilled this thing down into a 70-week construct with us mm -hmm. and and then underneath that you find so you got these four major headings again you know you got probation conferral confirmation uh consummation yeah and then now what we're doing is we're coming down under the heading of confirmation all right, and then we're finding underneath confirmation is this series of events that we're in hmm. that are a part of a divine reversal coronation. And what we're speaking of here is a section, a subset of reverse coronation called investiture series. Okay, <laughs> so we're down at another. You see it? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, and oh, just to say this and. Uh, so this is out of Daniel Nine, but it's also out of uh, Meredith Klein's work, you know, um, God, Heaven, and Armageddon. So if you want to understand some of Meredith Klein's work, you know, I you know ask, and I'll send you podcasting. But you know, Meredith Klein's mm -hmm. work on probation, conferral, confirmation, consummation comes from Klein. Okay. Right. Yeah. Because he, yeah. he he does that teaches that at Westminster Theological Seminary and says basically if the word was going, if Adam would have passed probation and Eve would have passed probation, they would have went out and fulfilled this cultural mandate to mm -hmm. replenish the earth and bring God's government all, all over the earth. And so when we went into Eden when yeah. the word was running, which is Asheville, right? Yeah. He's, he basically is reinstating what was lost in mm -hmm. Adam through the blood of Jesus back into this whole amazing thing that's happening to us. Yeah, yeah. And we passed probation. And Adam and Eve did not. Yeah. And that that's because of the blood of the Lord. Mm -hmm. I mean, we couldn't have without the Lord. Yeah. Um, and so, so I, I don't know if that helps, like, for y'all to understand that because you, you, you can listen to some of Klein's work and that would help you to un listen to him because I'm like taking for granted all that right now. Mm -hmm. That you just get that, that everybody gets that. Yeah, you know that's also the part of the. That is the part of the, um, don't bury your head in the sand. Right, right. Is going and finding these things. Right. So this um, article, this what I found last night after our uh, meeting yesterday is called the dawn of two dawns the mythical royal and temporal implications of dawn for psalms 108 and 110 huh. uh, by ludwig uh, sutton who's department of old testament studies faculty of theology university of pretoria south africa and um and so he gets into shikara i'll just read a little section here shikara is identified primarily this is the abstract 
as a primary noun that's translated as dawn within the Hebrew Bible, yet one must not ignore its mythical dimension. Within the Davidic trilogy, oh, don't you just love that word, trilogy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Star Wars. I know. <laughs> But he, he see, they see this, that there's a trilogy in Psalms 108, 109, and 110. Hmm. I've never seen this before. I didn't. So Shakar takes on an important function concerning the unity and the message of the trilogy within book five. So, you know, we're talking about macro narrative. Yeah. Well, the Psalms are broke up into five books. Really? Yeah. In I order? Yeah. I think so. Because... Book five of the Psalms is uh, Psalms 107 through 150. So, so huh. now, you know, we, oh, anyways, <laughs> it's so amazing. I mean, I absolutely love the Word of God. Anybody that's like, oh, you don't have to read the Bible, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. You have that, to, oh. That's idiocy. Yeah. Everything's right there. Everything is right there. It's a beautiful. You may have to start outside of it. Right, with the Lord informing you. With the Lord you, bringing you different things. can't know how to read it. Oh, man. But when he illuminates your understanding. Oh, there's I mean, nothing like that. Oh, it's it's what you eat from. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I'm just... Uh, yeah, because, I mean, the other side of that is these words speak of me, but you know neither me nor my father. Mm -hmm. You study every letter, but you don't even know me. Because really, to understand Scripture, the Lord has to... Reveal it to you. Reveal it. You have to know him. Right, you have to know him. Yeah. Funny thing. He is the Here word. I am. <laughs> no more allegory. Full analogy. Um, so, a process of restoration of honor and identity. And hope is announced within 108 and started within 110 for Israel after a time of war and exile. This is demonstrated through the mythical, royal, and temporal dimensions of Shakar as two dawns within Psalms 108.3 and 110.3. This is demonstrated through the mythical, royal, and temporal. Yeah. Huh. So, so, guy, so what, what, Stephen, what's crazy about this is, watch how this works out, how he <laughs> breaks out, and uh, uh, this will be a part of, this is a part of that file, X to M. Oh, yeah. You can yeah. go in and read this whole introduction and it's i mean i don't know if most people want to get into this but it is oh, i just love this job uh job job um so watch this watch this so again just give you all framework Prob probation conferral confirmation consummation okay under confirmation heading reverse coronation hmm underneath reverse coronation out of these uh forget how many aspects non-aspects or something in a coronation mm -hmm. we're down in investiture and in right now we're in x to m 78 which is the fourth component of our seven part series of investiture all right so just you know trying to make hey, it as framework. simple as possible yeah but it has a framework so so let me pull this back up. Where is it at? There you are. Okay, listen to this. Also a framework that we're finding out as we go with the Lord. We're not setting this up just like right. that was Shakar that happened yesterday when we thought it was going to be the war scroll. 
It's a, it's a framework that is being set up by the Lord and he's just giving us the language to fill out the framework that he's already set up. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I got to throw it, blow everybody's circus, but I have another whole 12 phases and 27 letters that fits into this framework as mm -hmm. well, which was last week, X to M77, explaining that a little bit with Psalms 119 because it overlays the whole thing yeah. perfectly. I just want to say that we're not, there's not this preemptive, you know, oh, Carol and I get together one day. Hey, let's do this on Sunday. Let's go this direction. Let's make this happen. There's this whole format and this whole structure that God is ordaining, and we are following Him. But usually, it's after. Why do you think we're having we, a debrief? Exactly. It's usually after that we find out. Oh, this is the framework the Lord is using. We didn't even know that we were doing that framework until we did it and we came out of it. Until right. we followed Him into it, then He says, "This is what you guys did." Yeah, again, oh. again, because we're not imposing a framework mm -hmm. here. It's been, it's not even been imposed on us. It's, it's uh, we're finding out. Mm -hmm. It's revelation. Yeah, it's like a mystery. It's like, oh, what's the next puzzle piece? <laughs> love it, absolutely love it. Uh, watch this. So mythical, royal, and temporal dimension of the dawn. Now this gets into what I've been trying to say, but I really didn't have all the language for it, and I'm learning it. So Shakar can be understood as, in, in our case, the deity, which would be the Lord, and the mythical dimension. So that when we say mythical dimension, or when he's using this kind of language, it actually would be what, it would be the everlasting, everlasting which is outside of 12 dimensions. Because God yeah. is uncreated. Yeah. You can't. He might come and intervene into our dimensional space, but he created these yeah. 12 dimensions. And so... The distinct, um, unique, outside of everything that we understand. Yeah, his ontology know. is uncreated. Ours isn't. Yeah. Right, so we... Uh, we only he, have ontology because he is ontology. Right, right. Cause, <laughs> if you want to put it that way. Right. The definition of being. He's the definition. He is being. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm just going to call it the Olam D. Olam dimension because Olam means the that it means the eternal but it's not even necessarily a dimension because he is the eternal yeah right yeah um, he doesn't feel the eternal right he, he doesn't feel it he eternal. is the eternal and so we just want to make that clear about the Godhead yeah um, so that so back to this Shakar is to be understood as the in our case the deity in the mythical dimension, but again, just clearly he is not a dimension. He is the eternal. So that influenced or that was associated with the royal house of the Davidic line, the royal dimension. And I, what I'm putting as the royal dimension, and this is just, I, don't, I think I'm right on this, mm -hmm. but it would be like six through 12 D. Um, okay. Because uh, because the man-child was born within the sixth-dimensional. Mm -hmm. And uh, if the man-child is born in the sixth dimension, then, uh, then the, the five dimensions or four dimensions have to be a different dimensional space. And I, I mm -hmm. think I can demonstrate this. Um, because when, when we're saying, you know, uh, back in Job or... Uh, uh, March 4th or go forth or Psalms 110 mm -hmm. go in, look into the dawn yeah. or go into the dawn 
he, he's basically has invited us uh, outside of space-time, yeah. which is the fifth dimension, is the, uh, the uh, sort of like the door on space-time. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the, uh, so it, it, in the sense of man child is born in the sixth dimension and not in the fifth dimension. Mm-hmm. And then it t- makes me think that the royal dimension is 6 through 12. Yeah. Because he's saying come up into the light or to the dawn or go forth into the dawn because there's an ascension now mm-hmm. up into... Uh, six through twelve D, yeah. um, and and so and so that would be so again we're breaking down mythical dimension. That's Olam, the one who is eternal. Yeah. Um, and so don't get that messed up in your mind about myth or mythology because people let that affect them, like in a wrong way. Yeah, it's not. Um, it, um, it's not made up. It's not right. I don't know how to. Because in this in this case we're using myth to mention as the eternal uh, father mm-hmm. you know so he's not a myth he's not some kind of made up fairy tale yeah he's the he, he is he is the eternal so but using language called mythical dimension don't let that let you think that oh somehow God's a myth yeah because we're not atheists or agnostic mm-hmm. or any of that and he's a, he is real I think it more is it's it's really the only language we have to describe to, to talk about God to describe right. God in this realm is mythological because we can't um, we, it's like to try to explain God without metaphor it's impossible you can't or, or try the, to explain God God is eternal he doesn't he doesn't occupy eternity he is eternity it's right I mean what we what just can't you, explain it we don't have language no we only have these stories and, and you know the idea of myth which is it speaks something outside of Here's empirical proof that blah 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 exists. It's it's completely yeah. outside of that. Right, right. Yeah, you're gonna. Yeah. Um, so so this and also indicates a new time or period, the temporal dimension, which I, I would call the temporal dimension, mm-hmm. uh, the 4D. Yeah. Okay. That's exactly which right. uh, we went through yesterday, and I think I gave a, a, was able to demonstrate oh, yeah. very well time now, as here I am, as being present, mm-hmm. uh, not where I was or there I'm going mm-hmm. but here I am is in the 4D so again we have the mythical dimension we have the royal dimension and then we have this temporal dimension and so what he's getting at is when he's talking about the two dawns is a dawn between the two dawns is one dawn is in the uh, well listen to what he says Psalms 108 and 110 is the dawn of two dawns Space, and I, I wrote this space between the two dawns in the fifth dimension, where the first dawn awakens the anticipation, Psalms 108.3. And I, it, it actually is, I don't know why I'm saying 108.3, but uh, if you read Psalms 108.2, it says, Awaken, harp and lyre, I myself will wake very early, I will waken the dawn. Hmm. This is Psalms 108. Now, what he's saying here is, I had to really look at this for a while, but he's saying this was, Psalms 108 is in the mythical dimension of calling for the awakening of a dawn of a restored nation. Hmm. Uh, I think a lot of us have been actually engaged in this. Yeah. Out of a, in some sort of a way, out of a mythical dimension. Um, he's saying, I'm going to say this out of the mythical 
so that it actualizes into what he calls the second dawn, which is Psalms 110.3, with the creation, or rather recreation, and he's putting birth imagery, the mythical birth of a new king, of a new era of hope and restoration for a nation that went through a period of destruction and dishonoring. But what he's saying here is, mm. is like, out of the out of the dimension, uh, out of the mythical dimension, through the fifth dimension has become an actualized uh, dimension, which is what they call what he calls the uh, temporal dimension. And he's, you see it? Yeah, he's saying Psalms one hundred eight through one ten is kind of moving from mythical to uh, royal. Uh, uh, blending together uh, the uh, mythical, the royal, and the temporal together. Painting heaven to earth. Yeah. Yeah, and this is the trilogy in book five of the Psalms. And so what you have here, and the reason why I think this has been a conundrum within the church and things is so many people struggle with four-dimensional time, period. Here I am. Present being analogous. Analogic versus allegory, that's been a huge struggle. Yeah. To love in the fourth dimension in time, what we went through yesterday. But let's say you get that, being present, you get mm-hmm. that down. But this fifth dimension thing has been tying so many people up. Hmm. And the Lord's like, I want you to put an emphasis on this fifth dimension. To me, because now being outside of it in the sixth dimension, it, you can see so you can clearly describe it. Yeah. Because otherwise it was murky place. Yeah. A light, as in a murky place, is the fifth dimension. It's little, just floating around, negative thirty-two. Can't see it under an electron microscope. Whatever, it's it's uh, it, it has two sides to it. It's an mm-hmm. objective proof of an unseen reality. So the title deed hoped for would come, and so it's it's just been. Uh, people have been dealing with this so much, and the believer, and it can't get a, a grasp on the fifth dimension. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the kingdom of God is at heaven is at hand, mm-hmm. you know, and it is. It's, it literally is. Yeah. Um, so there can't. So you can get outside of the fifth dimension into the sixth. This is getting into the royal dimension, which is looking to the dawn, hmm. the one who is outside the twelve dimensions, the morning star. Yeah. Uh. And, and it, uh, of course, all of this is a component of the gospel, death, burial, resurrection. We're in the ascension yeah. component of the gospel in this. So, Because he says, the Lord says, repent and believe the gospel. Mm-hmm. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. So a lot of the church has taught death and burial especially. A lot of death, a, a little less death. burial, a little more or less resurrection life, and a and lot almost less none on ascension. So... It might be why some of this language might be new to many of us because it is. Well, I think this is also why... I think this is why the enemy has put such an emphasis on um, mythological is nothing but lie. It's nothing but... Because this is, uh, this is, this is one, of, one of our only ways of having language about where we're going. I know it wasn't my life. Yeah, I mean... Because you see, mythologically, these things, they, they birth something inside of you that makes you go after something. But if you're so afraid that, oh, no, 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 it's, it's going to be a lie, don't go after it, then 
I don't know if that's making sense. Then you calm down. Yeah. But these, this mythological, this is, this is this whole other realm that he's. This is the ascension realm where he's calling us to. Yeah. If you don't. Yeah, and it's it's um, it, and it's is is uh, ascension is related to image. It's not related to likeness. Mm -hmm. So you can have a form of godliness that form is likeness but you deny the power that of when you deny the image yeah and uh so facebook is counteracting this instagram all these other tv all of culture yeah our social culture social it's it's trying to get you off of uh being uh your image being restored mm -hmm. and so you, you you know you've heard me say you know if you go you go west for the reformation mm -hmm. uh, it's a roman thing back to like uh, a, a divided heart to a Davidic heart, but then mm -hmm. you turn around, you t head east. So it's likeness headed west, it's image headed east. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the hand of God in the west, the Occidental culture, it's the Oriental that looks into the face. Yeah. So this is beholding the face of God, not just God's hand. And so there's been, especially some of the, there's and there's the false side of this, and then there's the right side of it. Yeah. So, so, so then, um, I, so then, I, I studied this journal article by William P. Brown, it, it, and it's in the uh, Shakar mm -hmm. uh, Evernote file. And he and I, I've already read this, but he does this four pager on what's the best translation for Psalms one ten three and C. And, and this is what he says in holy splendor so this word splendor actually means to be invested with clothing or an investiture hmm. out of the womb now when i read this what out of the womb the man child just recapping but now you see you might be able to see towards the dawn what go forth hmm. towards the dawn because out forth. of the womb uh, in holy splendor, being invested with royalty out mm -hmm. of the womb, man-child, invested with royalty, the seven-part investiture we're in, towards the dawn now, go forth. Hmm. Um, like, do I have begotten you? So, so what has, do, uh, do happens like this, uh, you have a, like a, they call it, what a, um, condensation nuclei oh yeah which is like basically a piece of dust floating in the atmosphere and then what happens is when water condenses onto that it drops to the ground but before that water condenses on it and without light you can't really see that dust mm -hmm. so this language here is is that like do that which is what the condensation nuclei meteorology which was unseen the mm -hmm. dust now something's formed around it in, uh, with water that now it begins to come down to the earth. Begins to descend. Yes. So you're ascending and descending. So, this, so, so like, to make, kind of maybe bring this together is the mythical dimension now is influencing the royal dimension of the dust that, like, dew is dropping down into the temporal dimension. Okay. <laughs> and so, so it's uh and that's what that's what this 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 means 
So with an investiture or holy splendor out of the womb, the man child's born, Revelation 12, towards the dawn. Now he's saying with a command of command on hmm. some, go forth into the dawn. Hmm. Like it's been a murky place with lights, fifth dimension, Peter's saying, mm-hmm. until the dawn. Remember after we finished passing review? Mm-hmm. And I go outside, and there's this big truck, and the Lord said, pay attention. And I was like, what, the truck that says Dawn on the side of it? <laughs> I had no idea. That was like, uh, guys, that was after um, that was after probation had ended. Mm-hmm. The Word has me conduct a passing review on uh, Mem Lamed Kaf Yod, which spells king. And before we headed into conferral, which was the, uh, the next letter was none, he's like, conduct a pass and review and I said well what's the difference in what you said before a collider began because he has shown me this four prong office prophet priest judge and king and I said I already went through this and he says well no like uh, when you when you became uh, commissioned as an officer what did they give you in the Air Force and I said a reserve commission he said why and I said well you had to prove that you could receive a regular commission by completing all these tasks and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. He said, right. He said, I do the same thing. He said, I'll give a reserve commission before I give what was called in the Air Force a regular commission. Mm -hmm. You're not activated and you're going through trial. So he said that was the purpose of the probation, Mm -hmm. the 63 weeks of probation. Um, I think it's also, even to go back to what you're talking about with... 62 weeks, excuse me. Yeah. With the um, mythological down through royal yeah. into temporal. Uh-huh. In other words, God doesn't do this like the Air Force does. Right, right. The Air Force does this because God has because God holds together all things. Therefore, uh-huh. this is just this is just how things happen. We just don't see it as. I don't know if that's making sense or not. Well, no, it's better to say it from that way. The mythology, yeah. yeah. In other words, like, oh, God does this like like our military does that. Or, oh, God does it like, like, you know, this. It's like, no, no, no. Our fallen world military does these things because God instilled this in all of nature. Man's nature. Yeah. Fallen nature. I mean, nature, even, even in the fallen state, it still responds to these forms. It still responds to these methods and and all of these things it's still the only way it works yeah and the air force said you know i know i know this they had figured out something just because you you graduate a second lieutenant and put him through officer training school and he and i mean that thing was hard i'll admit i was both enlisted and officer and that officer training kicked your tail Mm -hmm. you know it tests your metal on so many different levels I remember getting a 15 minute nap like six weeks later, or five, four weeks later, for the first time, work all day long. Yeah. Nonstop. And uh, it was intense. Let's, let me just say that. But they don't even hand, they don't hand a man that can pass that or a woman that can pass mm-hmm. that. They don't hand them a regular commission. Yeah. I had to go demonstrate. I was a, what was called a rated officer. And ever there's only three rated officers in the Air Force: pilot, navigator, and astronaut. And mm-hmm. everybody else is what's called a non-rated officer. But I had, as a rated officer, uh, I had to demonstrate that I could fly. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, my calling comes one month before I'm winged. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, 
that's just pain sometimes, but you know, can I not even swallow my spittle bag? Oh, I just remember being defrocked, <laughs> had my tucked cap, and we could do things a little bit different, you know, it's really cool, you know. Uh, but anyways, um, okay, I don't want to break down in tears, no, I'm just playing. <laughs> but uh, you had to pass almost, we had to pass through almost two years of training before they would give us our regular commission. Mm. Because as a rated officer, just because I passed OTS, or you, even if you pass an Air Force Academy, I think, mm -hmm. I, I'm not sure. They've changed some of this policy now, but when I was in, uh, the policy was your regular, your reserve officer until uh, you finish getting your rating in, in my field. Yeah. I don't know how it was for non-rated. I think they had the same thing. They had to pass all their schooling. Yeah. Well, like you said, the Lord, man sees something in that. And, you know, Air Force guys are called pointy heads for a reason. Yeah. You know, uh, it's not to be insulting, but our, I was with Marine, uh, Navy, all kinds of – I mean, Air Force, hands down, was making better grades than everybody. Yeah. You know, it just – so those guys have figured something out that you don't – okay, yeah, that we worked that guy really hard and we put him through hell. But we still are not putting our hand of approval on you. And then even after you get rated, you can be, uh, you're tried. Yeah. You know. And so, I mean, it's, it, so we think that the father, if he's going to create a king priest company, is it going to run you through? Yeah. And that's just the second lieutenant. Mm -hmm. I was like. Uh, yeah, they're just giving you a plane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It's God wants to million. give you everything yeah 60 million 100 million dollar plane whatever but that's uh you know not you know this is a bigger deal than that yeah so why wouldn't the war be picking up a probation period and i, I want to say this too i that star rock thing uh instead of rock star you know we yeah. talked about that but that overcomer king what he had shown me about this man child is have to overcome all seven churches mm -hmm. and uh if that sounds like a tall order apparently in god's idea of kingship uh you can't have it yeah unless you pass all the trials of all seven churches and even that because you know, we finish up one in collider which was the one on the pergamum uh and that and that was a tough thing to go through and then the words like they finished the seventh church, and that's a whole nother story. I don't even think I have an ex explanation podcast on that. It's an incredible story, though, on Numbers twenty four seventeen. But so uh, back to the point that out of the mythical into the royal, into the temporal, mm -hmm. and in between the royal and the temporal is the fifth dimension. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So let's just say, let's just kind of put this together. You know, it's so a royal dimension. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of 6 through 12. The in-between, the dawn that is in between the two dawns is the fifth dimension. Uh, that there's this, there's this space and, and um, in between that called the fifth dimension of accessing through. I think that's right. And, and then there's, um, and then there's the temporal dimension. The one that we're in right now. Um, so uh, another uh, just quick note that's in part of the notation was when we're using this language here, um, out of the womb, 
it could refer to out of the temple or Zion, which is frequently cast in maternal images, the motherhood of God and Zion as mother. The dawn elsewhere connotes Yahweh's presence, which conceivably could serve as the king's destination in his procession from the temple toward the rising sun. For a discussion of solar imagery of Yahweh, uh, you can get into Smith, and I actually read all this too on Near Eastern background last night. On the other hand, the dawn may refer in a more general fashion to the renewal of life. Finally, the metaphor of dew coheres well with the setting of the dawn and could well, very well signify a new era of prosperity for the kingdom ushered in by the kings, and he calls this rebirth. Huh. Uh, so, so uh, you know, uh, you know, like Nicodemus, you know, I mm -hmm. can't tell if you don't even understand the earthly dimension of being born again. How are you going to understand the rebirth of the heavenly dimension? Oh. He doesn't say it that way, but yeah. I mean, he don't even tell him about it. Yeah. This is what we're actually unfolding right now. Yeah. That Jesus won't even tell a Pharisee. Because he can't even explain it yeah. to him, because he will have no context for this. Uh, what we're speaking of right now, uh, Nicodemus would. Yeah. Oh, that's the. Um, the who is he? Yeah. Is he just a teacher? Yeah. You know, I'm thinking the dawn. Because you don't have do you know in the temporal world. Yeah. You know, let's go back with the imagery of dew. You don't get dew every morning of every day all year long. Oh, I see. Huh. You have this, uh, you have this contrast of just cold enough to where you get this condensation and it always happens at the dawn. Mm -hmm. Right? You get this idea of the dawn, the mm -hmm. light that comes in. Um, I mean, I don't know how it all works scientifically, but I'm just saying there's something about the dawn that produces the dew, but it doesn't happen every day all year long. It usually happens in this in-between, right? It usually yeah. happens yeah. like it's not summer and it's not winter. Yeah. It happens on this in-between. It happens on this, like you said, the fifth dimension is this is you know pretty much the whole fifth dimension is just the in between of four and six right it's the doorway it's the gateway it's the it's a narrow place yeah but it's the it's it's a difficult yeah it's a narrow place a difficult place it's not just this oh look a door i'm gonna go through that door yeah it's because you'll miss it you'll miss it in five seconds mm -hmm. if your eyes are on something else mm -hmm. you you will not catch the double connotation and oh just to, I meant to say this but and I've said this a lot but if you want to try to dig into this like listen to the Expanse or Moby Condor, Condor podcast mm -hmm. in you know our Galactic Progeny series and also you can listen to X2M 77 because it uh, I get into it a little bit in that yeah but, you know because if, if you're thinking man this fifth dimension thing's got me stumped I mean I've got you know we got material on denotation double connotation mm -hmm. you know there's there's material there to help you you know uh deal with you know the idea of condor as a bird moby dick in the water it, it's, it's it's taking the celestial to the terrestrial yeah i'm trying to use every kind of tool i can to help you with this yeah. uh, it really is that uh, 
it really is that you know Moses and Moses turned aside uh-huh. and all your ways acknowledge me it's 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 such a subtle small you know pay attention what that big truck that says dawn on it what, yeah. what is that gonna say boom yeah I had no idea I mean actually maybe even until last night and yeah. today I mean look look at everything that's coming with Psalm 110 how many years ago was Psalm 110 this thing and yeah. now God's like, oh no, oh, no, oh, oh. no! You t- you you didn't even you had no idea. Just to verse three C, right? Check this one, Berto. Imagine everything out. just in this section of this one verse of this psalm, of this book five, of the entire Bible, yeah. of myself. Like, you know, when we're talking about us with the four levels, you know, probation all the way down, and we're, now we're in the subheading. Now we're down here. Yeah. It's like God's like, you know, as amazing as this is, this is this is still only just a piece. This is still only the another method to my great ultimate intention. Yeah. I um, mean we can have we you and I can have But it's important. It is. That's why God's bringing us through this. It's not just this is really cool information that we're getting. Let's write this down. We can write a book. No, this is, you can't get to the sixth dimension without the fifth dimension. And if you don't go through the sixth dimension, you can't make it to the 12th dimension, which there's no overcomer. Yeah. 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 My chest is full of hope and a dress and veil as snow. He said he'd come for me, he'd know when I'm ready. And my heart is aching for the coming of the Lord. I must get ready now. Get ready now. I must get ready now. For behold, my bridegroom comes. Oh, I must get ready now. I must get ready now. Behold.